Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions. Connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs, across the world or across town. And now, the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. You know, Exploring Missions came out of another program that I have the privilege of hosting, and that was Exploring the Word. Because I just want to tell you, you do not separate the Word of God from missions or missions from the Word of God. They must run parallel. Uh, And that's what we want to talk about today on Exploring Missions. And Nathan, when I think about the Word of God and missions, one of the first things that the missionaries did when they went to a new place was learn to translate the Scriptures into the language of the people they were trying to reach. Yeah, I mean, they realized, uh, like hopefully we uh, will realize, that uh, in God's Word, uh, there's God's power and why would you go all the way across the world without any sort of uh, divine power that you need uh, to accomplish uh, what God has sent you to do in the first place? I mean, really, the sending is from God's Word. You, you realize that we're sent people by reading God's Word. Uh, and then when you go uh, to whatever field God has placed you in, um, why would you just speak your own words? You know, you want to uh, share God's power where there's life and there's life in Jesus through his word. Um, and so, yeah, we don't want to be a people that keep the sword like, you know, <laughs> uh, tucked away. Yeah. We want to be, you we know. We need to draw the sword. Exactly and, right. Amen. And uh, so, yeah, let, 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 we want that to be even evident even today in this program. With that in mind, we have two guests today, and one has been on Exploring Missions two times. We got him here for an interview, and it went so well, we did two interviews with him, and now he's back for a third, but he's brought his better half with him, Nathan. Isn't it great that we have better halves? Uh, it is, because that way we can get back on the program three times and, <laughs> and have something you know new to, to say and, uh, yeah. and to hear. Well, we are. We're privileged to have with us today Dr. Stan May and his wife, Iva, or we could say Ms. Iva May and her husband, Stan, whichever way you want to say it. But Stan, welcome back to Exploring Missions. Thank you, Brother Burt. What a joy to be with you and Nathan. Well, it's a joy to have you. You're at Blue Mountain College teaching missions, and you're in front of two Blue Mountain cutie pies, as we were once called. I don't think I was ever called a cutie pie. <laughs> that was when it was a girls' school only, you know, and the guys started going there, and they started making fun of us, oh going right. to a g- girls' school. So anyway, but praise the Lord, uh, it's expanded, and so many people are being trained. I know that's exciting for you. Yes, sir. It's such an honor to teach there, and just uh, an amazing Bible department, amazing leadership under Dr. McMillan. What an incredible lady and what a heritage the school has and a, and a future trajectory that's so powerful to reach people for the gospel and, and her, to hear her passion for the gospel is, encourages me 
and her vision to say, we want to train people for the mission field and to invite us to be a part of that training. What a gift. It yeah. is a gift. And we appreciate that so much. But we want to introduce you to introduce your wife. I've got your bio here, and I can say a lot. But I, I just want your pastor at Emmanuel Baptist Church in Olive Branch, Mississippi. 22 years? Yes, sir. Amen. That's You're ruining the percentage, man. <laughs> I, I mean, come on. In a you're good supposed, way. Yeah, yeah in a good way. I, I'm joking, of course. And uh, But you're here today to introduce your wife because when you were on before, you were telling us about a, a Bible that would really benefit discipleship, which exploring missions is a big part of. The other program that I do, Exploring the Word, I major on it all the time. Introduce that you're better half for us yeah. today, brother. It, it is a joy to be back and to be back with my wife. Uh, I cannot overstate the joy that uh, it is to be married to her. Uh, she's beautiful. Uh, she loves the Lord Jesus, and that's the real uh, the blessing that it is to me is I married someone. When you talk about marrying up, I married mm-hmm. up in so many ways. I married someone who's beautiful, but also who loves the Lord Jesus with all her heart. She knows the God's word. She spent uh, when I when I went to marry her. When I went to ask her to marry me, she was serving as a missionary in Israel. I flew over there and and asked her to marry me in the in the shadow of Mount Hermon, and so. Uh, we've been missions-minded since before we were even married. We served together as missionaries in Zimbabwe. While there, she discipled hundreds of people, uh, and God opened up doors for her to disciple women and, and youth groups and college groups uh, in the city of Bulawayo in Zimbabwe where we lived. And then when we came back, she had a powerful discipleship ministry with women, uh, training seminary wives, pouring into them as I taught. She would meet with three and four groups. And really, the the chronological Bible that we're going to talk about grew out of those times when she was pouring her life into women and training them. So she's been a pastor's wife, a missionary, uh, a Bible teacher, a disciple maker of women. And I can say without exaggeration that she has discipled personally thousands of people, and those thousands of people have multiplied this discipleship ministry seven, we know of at least seven generations down Amen. that we know about. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, you know, uh, Iva, thank you for being here, But and let me just say that um, it's been my experience and observation that many times, and, and a lot of times it's under um, under wraps or underground where it's not noticeable, but many times uh, God moves um, through generations, uh, through a community, uh, even in in an entire people group and nation, um, through uh, the the influence of women um, making disciples of other women. A lot of times, women are like the uh, keepers of the faith in the home, um, and you know they kind of carry the heartbeat of that family. Uh, even the heartbeat of a, a community. Um, and sometimes the men get so busy doing whatever men do that um, God chooses to work through women so many times, and uh, that influence is incredible. Um, tell us a little bit about, uh, just briefly, I know we're going to get to uh, uh, talking about the Bible that that is uh, being published, but um, tell us about what it is like as a woman on the mission field making disciples with other women. Like, what does that look like? 
Yeah, I think when uh, for me, when you're investing in someone, see that you're not just investing in someone. You're investing in someone who's going to reach someone who's going to reach someone who's going to reach someone. So the uh, for me, is you invest the Bible in people's lives. Christian living books are fine. But let's don't study them. Let's study the Bible, get to know the Bible. So it's been my joy and privilege to help people get a passion for the Bible, to enter into the story of the Bible for themselves. Amen. And out of that experience and event came the Chronological Bible. I heard you this morning in our devotion talking about reading the Bible through and yet, I call it not connecting the dots. Mm-hmm. That when you connect the dots, it changes everything. It does. And for me, um, when I found out in the Old Testament there were eleven books that cover the whole chronological movement of God in the Old Testament, and all the others are <laughs> addendums to that. And I mean, they're still the Word of God, but they're the, the eleven historical books. It really opened up the world to me, especially for those of us that think chronologically. Now, not everybody does that extremely. I, I, I'm geographical and chronological. I think that way. Mm-hmm. And so when a chronological Bible comes along, it not only just helps me understand, it feeds me. But everybody needs to have that understanding because of the hope that is introduced through the Word of God. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, um, the importance of Bible literacy as a core value for Israel is a missional message because when God spoke to Abraham, I'm going to bless those who bless you, curse those and curse you, and all in you, all the families of the earth would be blessed. That God activates missions right there, and you see that through the rest of the Bible because Israel actually failed to reach the nations. Then you're able to understand why Nahum, he's rebuking. I mean, so it's not, so you, when you understand the context, the historical context of a particular book in the Bible, it opens up that book. So I encourage people to not think of the Bible as in 66 books, but think of the Bible telling a story. Well, they do. And and Nathan, at Blue Mountain College, when we were there with the professors that you are working with now that, that I had before, my generation had the others, and Nathan's followed up with some of those that are there now. Honestly, I could say they were teaching it that way. It wasn't as pronounced in the the way the your chronological Bible that Tyndall House is is publishing, and it'll be out this September, mm-hmm. correct? Yes. And we're looking forward to that. We'll give more information about that. But we were it we we were able in Old Testament and New Testament at Blue Mountain to tie. Uh, put those together. It made a difference in our study and missional and preaching and everything. It really it? does. You know, there's um, if you picture a, uh, a clothes closet um, and you you open up the door and there's your closet with all your clothes. Uh, well, most of them, um, I'm not going to speak for everyone, but most of the time they're hanging on, you know, a, a, a clothes hangers and then a, a, a rod that goes across and and some people even organize that to get it, you know, maybe color coded or or by season or whatever. Uh, mine's not organized that that well, but you know, if it's hanging up, I'm doing good. But um, many times we read the Bible, um, and it's and it's like we have this concept of a closed pile, and we we read this book or this chapter, and we're it's like us picking up this clothes off, you know, article of clothing off the pile. Maybe it's a shirt. And then we read another one a few days later, and it's a, you know, it's a pair of pants, and we don't know what to do with it. There's nothing for it to hang on. Reading the Bible chronologically allows us to put the books of the Bible, the stories in the Bible, in a particular order that we uh, can then get a grasp of the whole thing. 
Um, I don't know if that's a good metaphor or not, but that that's kind of how I see reading the Bible chronologically and 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 uh, you know it just helps us to fill in the gaps so, uh, so many times. Let me come back and ask though. As you were on the mission field, making disciples and preaching the gospel and sharing God's word, um, how did it come a, come about that you saw the need for people to understand the Bible in this way, in a chronological way, that they could see the whole picture and put it together? Well, we were on the field at the same time that chronological Bible storying was developed by New Tribes Missions. And so uh, IMB sent some of our personnel to go learn how they do that. And so I was exposed to it, but I really never used it there because so many people that I worked with were English speakers and they were literate. But it was only when we came back to the States when I reentered the program of women's ministry uh, in the the churches today where you have a semester study and another semester study. So you take off for the summer. And um, and so I reentered that and I thought it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't make sense that way. I love your illustration. The illustration we use is a puzzle. So imagine trying to assemble a puzzle without the cover story, yeah. picture on the story box, and then removing all the straight edges and corners, and you're just left there with pieces. Yeah. Now, you love those pieces, and you know somehow they must fit somewhere. That's where people have lots of Bible studies, sermons they've heard. They have all these pieces. So our goal with CBT, well, let's tell the story so they have a picture on the box of what they're seeking to assemble, and then all the pieces there put together, the straight edges and corners, which is the 14 eras, and following the story arc of the Bible. Once you have that, you're in a prime role to be able to put those individual pieces together, insert it into the framework of the of the story arc of the Bible. So I do find it interesting, and I'll let you uh, ask a question here, but just a comment. It's very interesting that you notice that need when you came back to the U.S., yes. and it was American Christians who were having a lot of the trouble yeah. uh, putting that big picture together. Yeah, one of the things that really disturbed me most is I was teaching this Bible study using the format at that time, a semester study, and one of the girls taking that study, she actually left her husband. And I thought, how can a person study the Bible and say they love the Bible and they love Jesus and have such a disconnect with they can walk away a marriage? So I actually called the girl, that kind of a discipler, and said, whatever happened? And she said, I said, was it pornography? Was it finances? She said, no, it was just that I wasn't happy. I believe God wants me to be happy. And I thought, we have a fundamental theological problem with understanding who God is. And so at that point, I began to step back, and I thought, how does the Bible address this comprehensively? Because typically what we do, we throw a verse at something. When the Bible tells, like, the, uh, the story of sexual sin, you know, you have this showing up, the first sexual sin that's, that's noticed in the Bible is Cain actually had polygamous, a polygamous relationship. But you track that all the way through. So instead of throwing a verse at something, you actually understand, you say, well, there's a whole story about the Bi- in the Bible about that particular theme. So the more Bible literate you are, the more you're able to uh, bring these things up and simply just use the scriptures. Amen. Matter of fact, 1 Corinthians, Paul was warning the Corinth church, which was, <laughs> let, let me say, the on the lesser scale of spiritual churches, you know, yes. Corinth was kind of toward the <laughs> bottom. He writes to them in 1, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6, and he's talking about the Old Testament, about Jesus being the rock and how he was doing what you were saying, connecting each one and putting the frame. He said this, 
Now, these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. And what you were referring to the woman who was saying, I'm not happy anymore. Again, she had misconnected everything. Absolutely. And so when we connect all these stories with one another, and you was talking about the New Tribes mission when they developed the chronological story, I... I remember <laughs> I was pastoring during that period of time, and it just overwhelmed me that this is the way to study the Bible. I want to go back to you. Has this affected your preaching? Pastor, yes. Stan, has this so, affected the way you preach the so Word of God? It is. It has not just affected my preaching, but we began—when I went to the church, I began to challenge our people to read through the Bible— uh, and and because most and and I had members in their sixties and seventies tell me no pastors ever challenged me to read through the Bible, but when the, we she began to use the chronological Bible and teach this method, uh, at first I resisted. I'm just being honest, you know. Uh, and that, but after a while, I saw the transformation that was taking place in the lives of the women, and we introduced it to our church church-wide, and we challenged our people to read through the Bible. It has transformed my preaching, but it has transformed our church. And let me give you three quick ways. Number one, our people are unified. Everybody's reading the same Bible, the same studies. We even have uh, one of our men who went to be with the Lord, sadly. He took the chronological materials that my wife has developed and created it for our four- and five-year-olds. And so our children understand the chronological story of the Bible. Then we, we all read the same book together. Every Wednesday night, on Wednesday night services, I preach from the, re- the week's reading and take questions. And you know, I meet people, and you've met people that I've met people through the years that say, well, I have questions about the Bible. My answer to them is, come to my church. My people have a lot better questions than you have because <laughs> they read it, and there are questions in the Bible that we don't know the answers to, and we admit that freely. And so it's transformed our Wednesday night services, but it's transformed our Sunday school even. We now teach chronologically through Sunday school. We study the Bible together as a church, and our church is unified, passionate about God's Word. And in an average year, Bert and Nathan, between 50 to 60 percent of the people finish reading through the Bible. And how many churches can say that? That's incredible. Yeah, Uh you know, I'm thinking about the days of, um, you know, you get in the car after a worship service or Sunday school and you ask each other, what did you study today? And what did you, st- how, what a great joy it would be to already know what, what everybody studied. And you can go deeper and, and then start, what did you learn? And what, you know, what, how does this apply? And even as a family, uh, being on the same page, you know, from one Sunday to the next, all the days in between, you're, you're, you're still on that same page. And uh, I can see it not just transforming, you know, a church body, but just, you know, families and, and, and how you can, I mean, think about what church really ought to be like. We should be bringing up spiritual conversations and talking about Jesus and, and God's Word and what He's showing us and what He's doing in our lives on a regular basis. Um, I'm not saying there's not a place for, you know, the ball game talk and this, that, and the other, but, you know, Jesus being the center. Yeah. And... Uh, and I think that's so important, and, and this is a wonderful tool to be able to bring that about. When you come up with the 14 different areas, uh, some of them were very easy to follow. Creation, 
you know, the whole Bible you put into three, creation, fall, redemption, you know, but the redemption story is huge. It is. <clears throat> and in fact, that's where most people, uh, they quit reading through the Bible. Uh, and because what you have there, you have Israel's failure in their history of lifting God's name, making it famous amongst the nations. And so you see just the lack of Bible literacy. We say this on our website, <clears throat> on our uh, homepage, the Bible literacy drives apologetics. How can you defend and how can you teach something that you don't know and understand? And the church is the training ground for that. And, you know, so when we fail as a church to be Bible literate, we're doomed to the world that that they'll be without the gospel message. Because our kids, if they can't tell the story, I, I taught the teenage girls in our church for four years, and we went through the story four years in a row. And I had them read through the Bible four years in a row because I thought it would be tragic for any of them to graduate from high school being raised in the church and not be able to tell the story of the Bible. Amen. Well, when when we do that and we start studying the Word of God in a chronological order, uh, do you skip around or do you take it straight through? How do you do it? Because we know some of the, you know, especially when you get into the prophets. Sure. And you get into that, it all of a sudden chronological, you have to, okay, when did this take place? And you have to take it back to first or second Samuel, first or second Kings. Mm-hmm. How how does that work? All right. I actually love reading the chronological Bible through the divided kingdom era. Because that's where most people have a, a struggle with what king is serving where is this name is so familiar and they get lost in all the names and the locations. But actually what you see when you understand the divided kingdom era, you have 20 kings who ruled northern Israel, 20 kings who ruled southern Judah. And then you have different prophets who prophesied to, to the northern uh, tribe of Israel, tribes of Israel, and prophets who prophesied to Judah. And then you see that Israel... Uh, is taken into captivity by the Assyrians, but Judah remains in the land for a number of years after that. Why? Because God has made promises about Judah, and so therefore he's going to bring you back to the land. Why? Because it's all tied into God fulfilling at the very beginning of the story that there's going to come a seed from the woman who's going to crush the head of the serpent. So what you do is you, as you read the Bible, you think, how is God going to do this with these wicked people? How will he be able to keep his word to his people? God is not bound by the wickedness of mankind. I love that. So the more you understand the story arc of the Bible, the more you are impressed with the long-suffering patience of a God. You mean you don't have to memorize all the king's names? Well— Come up now, now Iva. <laughs> yeah, but you know, but it's interesting. The more Bible literate a person is, uh, someone can say, well, like this happened actually for me. Someone said, well, I don't believe the Bible. And I said, have you ever read it? And they said, no. I said, give me a few minutes. Let me explain the story arc of the Bible to you. I said, it would be tragic for you to reject something you don't understand. But you'll make a choice at the conclusion of this. I understand it, and now I'm rejecting it. So I think a lot of people reject the Bible because they don't understand what the story arc is all about of the Bible and who God is in faithfulness as a covenant keeper of keeping every promise he's ever made. Amen. One more thing, Nathan, for we go on. I want to say this. You know, it starts with creation, and it ends with a new creation. Amen. What a bookend. And yeah. everything in between is the redemption of God. Yeah. It's in, in, as we, you were referring to the uh, Old Testament and the those prof, prof, uh, prophetic books, major and minor, and which are the labels that we put on them. But uh, I'm sure if you were listening to a minor prophet in his day, it didn't feel minor. It was pretty <laughs> yeah. pretty important. Uh, but and where do we where do we put those chronologically in the history and in and, and the story arc? You can do the same thing with Acts in the New Testament Absolutely. letters. Absolutely. Um, but when you when you do read the Bible chronologically and start 
putting those pieces together. And one time through, you're not going to do it, but you start. It's it's amazing how how much starts falling into place. Um, you see repeated names. You talked about the king's names. You might not ever learn how to pronounce them, but you see the repeated <laughs> names, the repeated places, um, uh, the even the, just the themes that come up from even from the New Testament back to the Old Testament and, and in between the the places. It's amazing you see what really is important to God, um, and you know if you if you neglect the reading of the Bible, um, it's you you come to the Bible with what's important to you. Um, and but you stay there. You know what I mean. You apply what you want to apply. That's and, the mirror you were talking about today. Yeah. That when you said that, I, she this morning in devotion, she used that as illustration. Would you mind sharing that? That was awesome. Yes. Yeah, so reading the Bible is like looking at a window, looking through a window. You see beyond what's taking place, and you're able to see what God is doing and so on. But the Bible also operates as a mirror. You're only going to see how wicked you are by reading the Bible because it's a mirror because it does show us the wickedness of our own heart and also shows us that God will renew our hearts. He will transform any person who trusts in the shedding of the blood of the innocent on behalf of the guilty. What Christ has done on our behalf. He has. And we want to make sure everybody knows what we're doing. We're telling folks that the chronological Bible is coming out. Uh, it, this later on this year, September, it yes, should sir. be released. And how can how can people find out about that? What's the are the websites or the addresses? How can they find that out? Well, thank you, Bert and Nathan. What a privilege to be able just to tell people what we've done and share about this Bible. We're so excited about it. It's uh, it's going to help people understand the story, to discover God's story, to understand it, and to tell it to others, to learn the Bible for themselves. Uh, The way they can come to it is they can go to our website, which is chronologicalbibleteaching.com, and they can find how to order the Bible. You pre-order it right now. It's not because it's not out yet. You pre-order, and the day it's released, we'll mail them so that everybody will receive a copy and our website offers for the first few hundred that order we have a we're offering a uh, prayer guide to help them as to that goes along with it as a free gift to order but we want to invite people just to go to the website because in the website you'll find all types of training tools that are free to help people uh, as they read God's story uh, we've done a series of videos that explain what you're about to read, hard questions in the reading, and in what you've read, how to tie it together to larger narrative. And those are all free. We have tons of free resources that they can find at chronologicalbibleteaching.com that as they open up God's Word and read it, we will we can help them to know God's Word. But this Bible is going to be really a, a Swiss Army knife tool, if you will, because it will introduce every day's reading. It'll have questions following the day's reading, so you can go back into the text and mine it for yourself. And a group could use this for small group discipleship to just say, what do we ask the questions in these seven days, these last days that we've read? Let's talk about them. Uh, And it has story, um, understanding the story articles that explain basic theology, who is God and who is he for his people. It has, as you've mentioned, the chronological framework so that each day in the reading, they can see where I am in the story arc of the Bible, and it has a a user guide that helps. So it's a wonderful tool. We're grateful for it this time. Which makes great disciples, 
which puts us on mission for God, Nathan. Amen. Amen. I mean, we don't want to be an illiterate, biblically illiterate church because that's a powerless church. Yes. And then when God sends us on mission, what will we have? Uh, we want to be biblically literate, sound and understanding who God has revealed himself to be, knowing him, knowing his word, and we can live with power wherever God sends us. Amen. Thank you guys for being with us. Dr. May, Ms. May, thank you, thank you again. And we thank you for listening to Exploring Missions. And we pray that God, you would use what God has already given you, his word, to be on mission for him at home, across the street, and around the world. Amen. Amen.